We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, your time is 8.10. You know, A, post-pandemic, having people in studio is just kind of fun, right? I mean, I just we had for two years, we had, you know, nobody in studio. Then when you have to manage, you know, three guests... It's uh, it, it's a challenge. We're really lucky to have Sharon Beverly, Vice President of Athletics and Recreation at University of Hartford, Steve Bonowski, uh, new head baseball coach, and uh, Polly Thomason, new women's basketball coach for the University of Hartford here on Brian and Company. Uh, a, a couple things. So I actually, uh, Sharon, just quickly. So are you now permanent? Yes. So yeah. Permanent. So you, there's no because there was I don't know if it was acting or what was the what is acting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and so you know, f- for our perspective, you know. We've talked a lot about University of Hartford because, you know, going back to the Baylor U-Hart game and in the NCAA tournament to the, the the announcement they were going Division Three afterward, it was a it was a controversial story that's been revived here and there. I mean, just last spring, John Feinstein wrote something in the Washington Post, and so we've been very interested in the story. But you know, it, you know, as as we talked about off the air, you know, Steve's been with the program a long time, but he's a new head coach. Polly was in Texas, and and you weren't even at the school when all of this stuff happened. But I, I want to just ask, you know, from a sort of a, a, a an initial question. Uh, for you, Sharon, is how does it work? You know, how do you, how, how, the, from an administrative standpoint, both from coaches and players to budgets and schedules, I mean, to wind, it's not just winding down. It would be hard enough if you change conferences, right? I mean, how do you, how does it happen to go from one, even whether it was three to one or one to three, how do you, how do you manage that kind of task? That's a great question. So, you know, there's a lot of variables to that. And the first is you've got to have a game plan for where you're going. Just as if we were going from um, Farmington to Hartford, you've got to have a plan. And so we started out with a strategic plan. It's a four-year plan that we're in the second year of. And there's so many different pieces to it. Not only how do we wind down our budget to be more appropriate for Division Three, to how do we get everybody on board and create sort of a, a culture of um, – Inclusion. So that's the things that we've been trying to do over, during the past year. And how is that going? I mean, because you know, there's a lot of athletes who were added, but a lot of athletes left. I mean, what is how is because a lot of people came to Hartford thinking they were going to be a D1, D1 athletes, and mm-hmm. then you get new players and student athletes come in who who are Division three athletes. Yeah, you know, change is always tough, and of course, I empathize with our, our student athletes most of all because they're the ones that are trying to adjust through this new new landscape, I guess would be the word, but I think it's going well. Um, the important thing is to continue to have outreach, to continue to have discussions within our dis- within our uh, department about right. Division Three and what it's about and where are we going and why, but um, then to also try to see if we can build this sense of um, inclusion and togetherness. Is Division One this year? We are still Division One this then, year as an independent. So Division One independent this year, and then the following year – your division three? Or? No, it's a three-year transition. So your division one for this year, next yes, year, and one more year. So three full years at division yes, one. Division one independent, correct? Wow. So so Polly, you know, you are, so when you recruit, 
are you recruiting non-scholarship Div- Division One kids, or like how do you? I mean, that's first of all coaching through a transition. And again, I only project my own experiences. When I was at Amherst College, we didn't go Division Three, Division One. We went from a, a, a lower Division Three to a better conference. And and even then, we got that first year. You know, we went from you know ten games over five hundred to ten games under five hundred. We got our we got our butts kicked, and then it took like three or four years to to get on a competitive field. But how do you recruit for that when you can't guarantee a, a, a you can't give out you're not giving out new scholarship money correct no, we are not. so if you recruit a division 1 athlete it's they're, they're going on their own freight or have to get academic merit but you also but those kids can stay in the program when you go to division 3 because you, there's no label that says I'm a division 1 athlete unless you're getting scholarship money so how do you do that i mean i, I don't think it's changed for me at all from when i was at the university of texas at dallas division 3 to now at hartford i've always tried to recruit the best student athlete i could um, and sometimes that's a kid that has Division One, Division Two offers on the table and getting them to fall in love with your university, your program, you as a coach, your players. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'm still going after high caliber student athletes. But you got to tell them I'm, we might get shellacked. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think you're, you find the student athlete. That's what our job is, is to find the fit. And you find the student athlete who. They may understand that. They're okay with that. There's more to their experience than maybe that first year of hardness. Like they're going for the school, the academic program it speaks to them. Maybe the opportunity to play, uh, opportunity to be coached by me, my staff. I mean, there's so much that goes into that student athlete's experience. Um, How do you like Connecticut, by the way? I love it. I love being here. I feel like this is home already. In Why my did you do time. it? Like you had a successful <laughs> run down there. Like you were. You... Have you been to the University of Hartford yet? <laughs> No, have you been on campus? I have, yeah. That's it's beautiful. Why. Yeah, it's a great it's spot. Awesome. It's I mean, I feel like I can win. I'm a winner. I love winning. Uh, I feel like it's a great job. Sure, it's in a transition period right now, but this place is incredible. The people I work with are phenomenal. My student athletes are like they're hungry. They have a chip on their shoulder. They they want to win. Like they know we're uh, a little bit disadvantaged this year because we are independent, but they don't care. And you, I love that. You know, we're talking with Sharon Beverly, a VP of athletics at Hartford, and then Polly Thomason, the head women's basketball coach, and Steve Malinowski, the head new head baseball coach, but been with the program for several years. You know, you know, for you, Steve, you've you got players who played in the majors. I mean, if you go you go back a ways, there's a, a really a rich tradition in baseball. But it's funny because. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like the gap between the top end D3 baseball player and the lower part of the roster on a D1 baseball team, it seems to be smaller. Like in hockey, like I couldn't even carry the water on a D1 hockey team, right? But I mean, I feel like good baseball players are good baseball players. And is that true? Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing we look for specifically is the skill set. And I think there is more parity in our game, you know, as far as, you know, labeling division one, division three. I mean, you, you have a lot of high quality players in our area that do go to a variety of different schools that end up being, you know, you look at, you know, some of our guys that played in the majors, they weren't drafted out of high school. You know, they came to the University of Hartford, we developed them, and they ended up getting those opportunities moving forward. So, you know, I think the skill set is what we're looking for that we can help develop on the field and academically they're they're ready for handling it in the classroom. So um, I do think there is more parity in our game and, you know, we're, we're able to develop them on the field. All right, we have to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll come back here with more questions for uh, the two coaches and the uh, VP of Athletics here from University of Hartford on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, in terms of weather uh, – it becomes sunny, less humid this afternoon, low 80s tomorrow, sunny, high near 80, beautiful, beautiful late afternoon, 
Walking weather, that's for sure. Friday, sunny, uh, near 80. Peaking ahead of the weekend. It's going to be pretty good. Maybe some rain on, on Sunday in terms of PM showers. We're here with Sharon Beverly, VP of Athletics and Recreation for the University of Hartford, and Steve Malinowski, baseball coach, and Polly Thomason, new women's basketball coach. Uh, the one I, you know, none of you were here when the decision was made. But I, I, what I want to ask you, Sharon, do you understand, you know, the backlash and some of the people who are holding on to the hope and the desire to have Hartford be a division one institution. I can say I, I don't run my personal life like that. So it's difficult to try to envision a decision being made meaning, by an institution. Meaning, and meaning what? You don't meaning run- if there's a decision that's made, I, I have to decide whether or not I'm in a position to make a decision. And that's not a, position that I'm I can be in I don't determine the the direction of a university so once that decision is made then I think if I was uh in in the position let's say of coach Mal you know he decided that hey that's the decision that's made I'm going to get on board with the decision and help the baseball program move forward so I, I think that's the way I would hope I would have handled things if I was a coach. Right, but I mean, do you understand, do you have any empathy for the people who didn't like the decision? Empathy, of course, you always have empathy for people. Change is difficult. But um, I, in terms of the decision, it's, it's done. And, and what I would hope is that the folks that were not happy um, would be able to now just do what I've asked our department to do from day one, which is just support our student athletes, get on board, Let's pull together for them because that's the focus of our program in higher education, and let's make the best program for them. Is Division more, three is a wonderful destination. No, listen, believe me, I'm a card-carrying <laughs> member, but is it more cost-effective to be a Division three institution? Does it actually save money? I mean, if you look at numbers black and white, I would think so, knowing the, the millions and millions of dollars that are, are spent on uh, Division one programs, but I, I've never been a Division one. AD, so I can't answer that question. Well, I know budget, Division I mean, three. You look backward on the budgets from three years ago or four years ago. I mean, you know what the numbers are, and, and you know what they. I mean, you have to know what your budgets were in the past as you look to projections of the future. I mean, does it say because when I see when I see that you might add hockey, well, hockey and football are two most expensive sports you can find. So I mean, is the consensus that it's it's it saves money? To be a Division three institution, I would think so. Yes, because because you save money on scholarship money. You save a, a, a lot, not only on scholarships. You also save on travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you have more of a regional focus with Division three, with your travel and competitiveness than a national um, exposure. So a trip for let's say from here to California, you might do that once as a D three uh, student athlete. You might do it every year as a D one. So there are some differences in in dollars and cents. Yes. The last sort of um, difficult question that I want to ask you, uh, we're talking with Sharon Beverly, VP of Athletics and Recreation, is uh, that email to coaches last spring, and that was made such a, you know it was it was it was a national news story uh, when it leaked, and and again we had John Feinstein on the program. Um, looking back, do you do you think that that was the right decision to? I mean, it, it was essentially sort of threatening these programs with punishment if they had protests at graduation. That's essentially what it was. Um, I don't see it that way. Well, how do you Um, see it? The um, communication to our department was to just make sure that we all understood that there are expectations for us as student athletes and um, as um, people within our institution. 
And so we have a graduation that we want everyone to enjoy. Um, not only our student athletes, but all students at the University of Hartford. And, you know, we have a responsibility to do that. A hundred percent. Just like I asking that everyone behave in a manner that I totally is, agree with that. They should be right. You want that your, to happen. You, you I want don't your, see how that you want is your, bad. You want your graduation to be a wonderful experience for all those people graduating. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. But that was say, the purpose. But but saying that you might, you know, penalize scholarships, withhold transcripts, cancel games. I mean, that was all um, in that I, email. Uh, it was not worded that particular way, but I do think that we are we live in a. Um, society and we live at a time where folks always want to say well i didn't know that that would happen <laughs> or i didn't know that was a possibility and i think what i have tried to always do and be as an administrator was how treat people the way i would want to be treated and be true to your word and so i wanted folks to know listen this is what the expectation is and yes this is a possibility no different than a north carolina or anyone any place else that holds their student athletes to a um, standard, and and they could be repercussions if if those standards are not. So you don't valid. regret any of those repercussions that you put on the table. You, there's no regrets to any of the wording on that. I don't know what you mean by regrets, but I I think the wording was very clear about the expectation. It was not threatening. It was listen. This is the expectation, and that was the goal. And I think that the our student athletes were phenomenal. We had a great graduation ceremony. Um, everyone enjoyed it, Stud all the students at the University of Hartford. And I was there, and I thought it was great. So um, mission accomplished. Well, I appreciate you answering the question. Uh, Sharon Beverly, Steve Malinowski, uh, baseball coach, and Polly Thomason, new women's basketball coach here on Bryan & Company at the University of Hartford. Uh, so moving forward, uh, you know, do you have your schedule set, Coach Thomason? Like, do you know what's ahead? Is I mean, because I, I find that – you know, it, it, you have to schedule as you go, right? Because you can't play certain teams unless they schedule non-conference and so on and so forth. Like, how involved are you to help schedule the season? Or does that fall solely on, on Ms. Beverly's office? No, that was one of the tasks that I, when I was interviewing that they told me I needed to do, and I was aware of it. And we've that's all I've been working on, recruiting and scheduling. So I think um, close. I think I need, like, one more game to have a finished schedule uh, and have some – options in the pipeline so just figuring out what's best for for us you know i want to ask you real quick when i was the only signing ceremonies were for d1 folks back in the day but now everyone has a signing ceremony no matter what the school right i mean yeah. is when did that change like when did because like i mean people just went to college and played sports unless it was like you know patrick ewing deciding to go to georgetown you know what i mean like i i never remember because i have nieces who oh we had our signing ceremony yeah. today where are you going i'm going to wesleyan i'm like really <laughs> like when did that change i think social media changed everything changed everything we did as far as being excited about where you're going it's signing. like a marketing tool oh, yeah 100 i mean in the the student athletes young kids these days that's what they care about they care about what they're putting on social media they care about their gram the instagram and the tiktoks and being able to get followers and that's a way to um showcase themselves and yeah. what they're doing and i i i'm supported i think it's awesome division three athletes they're achieving a, a goal that, that they've had that, the, that they've worked hard for so they should be able to say hey i received an offer from this university to be a part of their program right. um, i'm signing with this university to go there as a student and an athlete Let, well, let's be proud of that and there are so many more student athletes now it, it just amazes me that uh the quality 
a play. Like when I go back and watch my alma mater play hockey, and I couldn't even. There's no chance I could even be on that team, which I find you know just amazing. You know because. People, the, the students aren't disappointed. They're not going to Yale. They're excited to go to Wesley. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's changed that dynamic. Coach Malinowski, what I want to ask you, and AAU's got its own challenges for hoops, but you know, as as watching my son play some some club baseball, you know, the the pay to play element of baseball, the showcasing and the club teams. Do you like the way the feeder system is before they get to you? Um, it's 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 tough. I think it's it's a little different. Like I still put a lot of stock into the high school seasons, and you do you know, you, you do to, recruit off of that. Yeah, and I think that's important because those games are a little closer to what we're going to play when you get to college, no matter the level, the competitiveness. You know, it. You know, we're going to ask guys to bunt. We're going to ask guys to hit and run. You know, I think in the AAU circuit, sometimes it's hey. There's five coaches here to see me. We're going to pitch this guy two innings and then this guy two innings and everyone's going to get seen. So it's it's more of the showcase style and the game doesn't matter. But when they get to us, the game does matter. And that's what we try to focus on the most. So Are the skills, do you find that, like I find like, you know, in teaching English, people can't write as well anymore. I mean, are the basic skills not as good as they used to be? Because they just want, they're even doing launch angle in Babe Ruth, right? Yeah, I mean, no. It's uh, it's something we need to spend a lot of time on, and that's why like teaching the game or how we play catch and, and handling the bat offensively, or you know when you got a runner on second base, how you're supposed to situationally pitch. So those are things that we try to really invest in and in teaching because they have the skill set, they have the ability to do it. It's just how does it fit into the game. Yeah. So um, that's just one of the things that we really try to preach with our staff and getting them to be really good at baseball. Steve Malinowski. Congrats on the job, and good luck with the season. Thank you. Uh, Coach Thomason, welcome to, to New England. Uh, really good to have you, and, uh, and it's, it's great to have your energy. And, and, and Sharon Beverly, thank you for answering the tough questions and coming in today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, and thank you for having us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll go over to Morgan and your headlines. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.